Hi there. Thanks for joining me. This is Katherine Van Wert, the host of Sales and Marketing for Coaches. It's my mission to help heart-centered entrepreneurs like you love sales and marketing almost as much as you love coaching. Every week, I share actionable information that you can use to learn the skills and gain the confidence you need in order to create a profitable coaching business. So today we're going to talk about the traits of highly successful coaches. I'm so excited for this. You know, I get to witness my own coaching clients and I get to see what they do that makes them successful. And so I have pulled out from my own personal observation, the things that they're doing, the traits they're exhibiting that really make them stand out. So how is this going to benefit you, right? Okay. So the way that this is going to benefit you is you're going to understand where your strengths are and where you might want to kind of bolster your skill set up. We're always looking to up level. So this is absolutely not an indication that anything has gone wrong. But what this is, is an indication of where can I really put the time, energy, and effort in that's going to give me my maximum results. So we're going to talk about the top 20 traits. The last five are traits that you might not have heard before, or maybe you have, but in a different way. But I'm excited about sharing all of these with you. I'm going to save those five for last. Now, the first thing is that highly successful coaches get what they came for. Behind every action is an intentionality that is set in stone. There's a common thread that gives them an overall sense of direction and they tie in the action that they are taking with where they want to go. So when I am coaching them, they are asking questions and they are relying on me for my expertise, but they're also bringing their own expertise to the table. They know what they want. So everything that they ask me and everything that we do is based on that intention. It's not just a exploration necessarily. It's really just, okay, here's the thing that I want. And everything that we're going to talk about is tethered to that outcome, to getting that outcome. The second thing that highly successful coaches do is that they work independently. It really doesn't surprise me at this point to see how the coaches that take action are the ones that create results. Now, when I say that, it sounds super obvious. However, I want you to understand that the coaches that are highly successful are taking action without permission. They are working independently. So they're doing things even before they have quote unquote cleared it with me. Like they, they don't need that permission. They just need to feel empowered and they take initiative. A lot of times too, I find that we might've talked about a concept. We might've talked about a thing to try and I coach weekly. So we'll come back on the call the following week and they'll say, okay, I did the thing. So let's, let's analyze the outcome. And it just makes me laugh because I'm like, okay, we didn't even talk about the execution. And they're like, yeah, I know. I just did the thing. So they work independently for sure. 
and I get to give them feedback on the action that they took. The next thing is that they are interdependent. Okay, so this is the part where they want that collaboration. And so when they work with me, they're really looking for a collaborative partner to help them to see the things that they don't see and to work with in tandem for the goals that they want. It might seem like, okay, but you just said they work independently. Yes, it's both, okay? So they do work independently. They're not waiting. They're not pondering. They are taking action, but they are interdependent in the sense that we are creating collaboratively. And so they'll use my feedback and they will have their own sense of identity and their own sense of what they want to incorporate. So in that way, we are interdependent. The next thing is they take ownership for their results. And, you know, it's really easy to take ownership of results when they are great results, when you convert that consult into a paid client, when you execute a webinar that was amazing. And I love that. But sometimes we have results that don't work out and we don't convert that client, but they take ownership for all of it. They never look to me and say, well, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. No, they are really in full ownership of their own business. And it creates such a great sense of flow when it comes to that collaborative effort. And I also am careful never to take credit for their successes either. They'll say, oh yeah, we did this together. And yeah, we worked collaboratively, but highly successful coaches own every bit of action and they get to own every bit of the result. And so I think that is super powerful. The next thing, and if we're counting, this would be number five. The next thing is, is they absolutely expect challenges. Now we can all say that we expect challenges, but how many times do we want to throw our hands in the air because the challenges still suck? Okay, that's just the human side of things, but truly, truly successful coaches expect challenges to happen. And oftentimes they have a plan B in mind already. So they've anticipated that there's going to be a setback. That doesn't mean they're thinking negatively. It means that they expect the challenges and they expect themselves to overcome the challenges. And so when a glitch comes up, they don't make it mean something about themselves. Now, let me caveat that. They don't make it mean something about themselves permanently. Maybe at first, right? Because we're human. So maybe at first they're like, ah, especially my perfectionist coaches, they'll say, oh my gosh, they will try to tell a story about how this means that they weren't adequate in one way or another. In fact, one of my super highly successful coaches, we kind of coined a term that she has an inadequacy complex, right? So yeah, it's a thing, but is it where they stay? Is it where they create from? No, because at the end of the day, there is a stronger identity than that. So even with a story, it's not where they stay. And they quickly move on to a better story that allows them to see that they do have what it takes and they don't think that challenges means that they don't. All right, so number six, they take 
quick action. So they want to put out whatever it is that they've thought of out into the universe. They want to see what's the result. And the types of things that they're doing that they put out into the universe just to experiment with may be a new price. That has happened several times with with the, the coaches that I coach. We'll talk about how it's time to elevate their pricing. We'll talk about some different prices to try. Next thing you know, they've already done it. And it's fantastic. And that way too, they can see how it feels for them and what the response is. So they take quick action on that. They are willing to throw that intentional spaghetti on the wall and test. Now, when I say intentional spaghetti, you know what I'm doing here? I'm kind of combining some concepts that you have heard, no doubt. Okay, two schools of thought. One school of thought says, do not throw spaghetti on the wall. The other school of thought says, throw spaghetti on the wall, see what's gonna happen. And you know, I think they're actually saying the same thing. They're just saying it with their own flavor. And so if you take quick action, you're going to find out what works and what doesn't work. That's the operative phrase here. So whether you consider it spaghetti on the wall, like you're you're not just throwing out whatever. That's why I call it intentional spaghetti because obviously there's a desired outcome, there's a plan. Um, My coaches and I collaborate on their plan and then they let it fly. They, they take that quick action. In the process, they are gathering the necessary knowledge that they need to know how to move forward. And they aren't worried about what people will think. And funny enough, that includes their target market. They are willing to try out a good idea with their target market and just to see what's going to happen. So they, in that way, I would say they have a fearlessness about them that's reasonable and measured. All right, number seven, highly successful coaches are prolific. They create content like crazy. So what kind of content are they creating? Well, they might produce a blog, a podcast. They're creating resources. They're creating programs. They marry their idea to other ideas and they produce new ones. There are coaches who write books because they have so much to share. And so what this is, is a level of intimacy that they have with their business and their niche. They feel passionate about the subject matter and they feel more compelled to share than they feel held back by doubt. If that's a place that you're at right now, I do not want you to use this against yourself. You might feel like you're not prolific. You might feel like, well, I really don't know what to say. And this is something to work toward. But the next trait that I'm going to share with you will help you to understand how you can be more prolific. Okay. So what is number eight? Number eight is that highly successful coaches study their niche. They want to know what they care about. They want to know what could be helpful for them. And they want to know how they can make their lives easier by providing top-level coaching and giving them their best results. So when you study your niche, your brain is going to create ideas from what you're reading, from what you're consuming. So in that way, consuming can be very good. If you're consuming to get that inspiration to know, oh yeah, 
I'm going to share this with my audience, then you're going to go toward that prolific zone. So that is a way for you to become prolific is to really study and love your niche. Number nine, highly successful coaches work on their craft. And so their craft means their coaching, their their strategy, the tools that they use. They are looking to create a better, more up-leveled level of service for their clients. And they do this so that they can coach at a higher level. They don't do this because they don't think they're good enough. And that is a very important distinction to make. You could say that they are learning from a place of abundance versus from a place of scarcity, right? So they want to really be able to work on their craft so that they can provide at a high level. The next trait is that they invest in coaching. And that does piggyback on working on their craft. But I want to distinguish why highly successful coaches want to coach. It's not because it's a means to an end. It is a way for them to make their journey a better experience. So there's a difference in spending money hoping for a result and spending money to work toward a result. Highly successful coaches don't get coaching just to stay motivated or to get motivated. They get coaching because they are motivated. And you know what? Coaching to find your motivation is fine, but there is a shift that happens when you get coaching because you are motivated. It's like they come to me not because they hate selling, but because they're curious on how they can sell even better. So the next trait that successful coaches have is that they develop their authority rather than stay stuck in their limitations. So they have a pretty good handle on the value that they offer. They feel confident about that. They don't really question that. So when they, for instance, compare their services to another coach who's similar, they are not in that compare and despair. They're really in a state of either compare to inspire or compare so that they can have a benchmark, but they know that there's a place for them in the marketplace as well. And so they are not ones to argue for any of their limitations. They are ones who will expand. um, If they feel that there's a limitation, they're going to expand and they're going to grow and they're going to do what they need to do to stake a claim, to really develop their own authority. All right, number 12, successful coaches have a framework of organization that works for them, even if it's not perfect. Now, I will say that the more organized they are, the less mind drama that they seem to have in terms of navigating their workload. Now, this could mean having a set time to do specific tasks within their business, but there's for sure flexibility that's built in. They just have the confidence that it will get done. Not that it won't because it didn't get done within that scheduled window of time originally intended. So they have things probably scheduled in their calendar and they don't beat themselves up for not getting to every scheduled thing. They just then go on to plug in the things that weren't done, but they do have that framework of organization. The next thing is that they measure metrics 
And again, this one is a bit flexible as well. So they may not have exact analytics data, but they will know how many consults they had, what their goals are, the target dates. They track the number of leads, the number of conversions. They create spreadsheets to track their time, their schedule, their realized and projected earnings, their quarterly and yearly plans, and even ideas for what they want to create for the next year and beyond. They're going to know things like their email open rates, their opt-in and show-up rates. Now, I believe that having this information makes them more acutely aware of their goals, and that awareness keeps the pertinent information top of mind. So they don't look at their metrics and feel a bunch of inadequacy or, or woe. They look at the metrics and they use it as data to know what they want to do next, how they want to plan next. Also to know when they should celebrate, because unless we track it, we don't know what the improvement is. And without knowing the improvement, it's hard to celebrate. All right. So moving right along, number 14 is that they integrate knowledge with imperfect execution. Okay. So we'll talk about a strategy that they should try in order to uplevel their sales consult, for instance. And so I tell them, well, not what I want them to do, but I give them feedback on what they're doing. And we discuss what they could be doing differently on a consult and they will do it. They will do it no matter how awkward it might feel at the time, because they believe me, they have trust in the work that we do together and they just are okay with that imperfect execution. They do it. They work through the awkward parts until it feels natural. It's amazing to me. I love watching this progress. The next thing, number 15, is that they spend more time in action than consumption. I am sure this does not come as a surprise to you. And so often we do talk about how we consume things as a way to buffer. We consume things because we feel like we don't know enough. We're not good enough. So, so yeah, spending more time in action than consumption is certainly going to be a predictable trait of a successful coach. But I do want to mention that, of course, they do consume information. And when they consume, it's always with that intention to follow through. So there's nothing wrong with consumption. And of course, it's necessary to learn things. But this consumption is relatively short and the emphasis is on that follow through and application. And so when you marry the consumption with what I told you earlier about coaches who are highly successful, which is that they take quick action, they work in tandem. It works in their favor. Okay. So now we're down to the last five traits that I want to share with you. And these are traits that Maybe you haven't heard, or maybe they're not really talked about, but I think that it's really important to mention. So number 16 is that previous experience is totally a plus. Highly successful coaches will parlay their prior work and their world experience into their current paradigm. The coaches who succeed the most quickly are the ones who have had previous successful experiences as an entrepreneur or were in leadership roles in their career. Okay, now 
that may not be an experience that you have right now. And what I want to do is to assure you that this is not to say that success isn't available to everyone because it most certainly is. But this is to say that their experiences give them more in-depth knowledge that they can access. Okay. It means that they are further along on the spectrum of skills that is necessary for business success. I think this is good news because if you do not have previous business success and you're looking at coaches and you're thinking, oh my gosh, they created this amazing machine of a coaching business and why are they able to do it? And I'm not able to do it. Okay. So first of all, this is just where you're at. You're going to be able to do it if you continue to try. But the reason why people can find success is because they can tap into their experiences and think about how the confidence that we have, the confidence that we derive from previous experiences totally play into our present situation. So, so yeah, I have found this to be true with the coaches that I work with, but even coaches outside of my own practice, Brooke Castillo, for instance, I remember when I went to the life coach school and I did training, she talked about how she had a successful salon and she would coach the team members in the salon. And then she eventually had sold the salon and she had a successful career with a fortune 500 company that she worked for prior to that. So you better believe that she took her business success and her business acumen and brought it into her coaching world and totally exploded it like in the best way possible. Within my own coaching clients, I see evidence if they've had previous experience, it makes it so much easier. Now, we're all gaining experience all the time, but what I want you to know is that if you are in a position where you haven't had previous business success, it's totally okay because every day is an opportunity to gain more and more experience and you're absolutely going to get there. This just helps to demystify why some people seem to make it more quickly than others. Okay. Now, number 17, the coaches that I work with believe that their business is not them. Okay. What in the world do I mean by that? What I mean is they don't make their business about their own personal attributes. They don't think that they're not succeeding because they don't believe hard enough in themselves. They create a separation between them and their business. And that means that they don't make the success and failure personal. They just make it mean something about what they need to do in their business. And so it's not an indictment on you, your personality, your capabilities, if things aren't going the way that you want them to, it just means something about a thing that you need to tweak in your business, not in yourself. Okay. So number 18, highly successful coaches network effectively. And networking is really a part of building your platform. So as as coaches, as entrepreneurs, we are working to build our platform. We're working to be visible. And so that visibility is created internally and externally in your business. 
So there's the networking that you do with other coaches, with other people that are in your industry, or they are in complementary industries. And then there's also networking to try to reach your audience. And so this could be engaging in social media. This could be engaging in terms of maybe you're doing a, a webinar, you're doing some kind of, of education, you're doing some kind of cross-collaboration with other coaches or people in your industry to have that shared experience with the audience that you both serve. So networking is super important. And networking is also a way for you to create a supportive community for yourself. You know, as coaches, we're pretty much, and I think especially with COVID happening, we're pretty much behind a screen in our office and we're coaching clients, you know, maybe one-on-one or in a group. And it's easy to start to feel kind of isolated. So networking in terms of creating your own supportive community really nourishes and feeds you as a coach, as an entrepreneur, and as a person. So absolutely, you want to be able to network effectively, to build your platform, to uh, communicate and to collaborate with other people, including your audience. Number 19, highly successful coaches visualize with sincere belief and absolute expectation. So when they tell me what they are planning for the long term, they are not trying to believe it. They are telling me as if this is inevitable. And in fact, that is a a word that I use pretty often with the highly successful coaches that I work with, which is it's totally inevitable. You can't really have A plus B, not equal C. And so we know that what they want is available to them. We act as if it is available to them. And that is how we build the how, because we don't have time to waffle in, will it work? Will it not work? Well, maybe this particular thing that we're doing won't work, but big picture overall, we expect success. And it's so fun. It's so fun when you're in that mind space that whatever I do, I know inevitably it will lead to success. So they they really expect it. They really believe it. And guess what? They really achieve it. They're planning for all of it, the setbacks, the not knowing how they're going to do it. But then they decide that it is doable. It's just a matter of figuring it out. And I want you to think about this too. There's a difference in planning with certainty and planning with uncertainty. They're both going to be stressful, but when you believe that what you're doing will ultimately result in a positive outcome, you're going to associate stress as part of the package and nothing to be alarmed about because nothing has gone wrong. It's just part of the deal. All right. So the last thing that I have to share with you about the traits of highly successful coaches is that they love what they do. They love who they serve. All right. Now, maybe they don't love every single aspect and every single minute, but here's what they love. They love the difference that they make in the world and they love their clients. And I totally get it. I love my clients too. I bet you love your clients. I bet you want to make a difference in the world. And you know what? Some of that difference is going to be 
what you get to do as a creator and as a coach, that you get to be the person that creates a business that is profitable, successful, and helps to improve people's lives. All of that is something to embrace and to love. And they really get it. They really, truly want to serve and they really, truly want to be able to have a profitable business in the process. And that's what I have for you today. I hope that this was helpful. I'm really looking forward to creating more content for you to dive into. If you have any feedback, any questions, anything that you want uh, more of, any, hey, listen, any critiques of today's podcast, totally let me know. I am up for it. I am so happy to be here. I really want to be a part of your podcast world. So let's have a dialogue. You can shoot me an email. My email address is Catherine at KatherineVanWart.com. And we can talk about whatever you want, because I am here to help make your coaching business success inevitable too. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks again for joining me. I appreciate you tuning in today. And if you got value from this episode, I would love it if you would leave a five-star review. Did you know that I am still offering my one-on-one personalized sales training? That's right. If you've been wondering what you need to do to improve your current consultation calls, but just can't figure it out, I can help you. If you want me to review your current sales process and give you immediate feedback, all you have to do is apply for a spot at www.katherinevanwart.com. See you next time.